The American frontier is a legendary place where brave men fight for their rights and decide their destiny with guns, courage, and determination. But it's not just a man's world. In the midst of adventures, there are women who are not constrained by society's expectations. One such woman is Josephine Earp, a character who defies convention and lives a life truly ahead of her time. From her early days as an actress and dancer to her later days as a pub owner and entrepreneur, Josephine has followed a path few women dare to pursue. In this video, we take a closer look at Josephine Earp's life and explore the many ways in which she defied the norms of her time. Josephine Sarah Marcus, born in 1861 in busy New York City. She was the second of three children born to Carl Hyman Marcuse, an immigrant, and Sophie Lewis, a widow with a young daughter named Rebecca Levy. Sophie's family came from the Posen region in present-day Poland, and she was married to Marcus, who was eight years her junior. Sophie and Carl's marriage gave the world three children, Nathan in 1857, Josephine in 1861, and Henrietta in 1864. As a family of Jewish immigrants, they faced challenges adjusting with life in a new land and the added difficulties of being a minority in a country that often discriminates against those who are different. Josephine's upbringing may have been shaped by these experiences as she grew up in a society often hostile to those not from the dominant culture. However, her parents' determination and resilience may have instilled in her the same qualities that would later help her navigate the tumultuous world of the American West. The beginning of the relationship between Josephine Earp and Wyatt Earp remains a mystery. Although they both lived in Tombstone, their contemporaries never mentioned seeing them together. However, they must have known each other since they both have offices above the Crystal Palace Saloon. While some writers have suggested that Wyatt moved in with Josephine after she kicked out her former lover, Johnny Behan, there is no concrete evidence of this. The relationship between Josephine and Wyatt may have been a factor in the animosity between Wyatt and Behan, who had been rivals for Josephine's affections. Stuart Lake, in his biography of Wyatt, stated that Johnny Behan's girl was the key to understanding the events leading up to the famous gunfight at the OK Corral. After the gunfight, Wyatt and Josephine left Tombstone, Josephine later renting out her home to Dr. George Emery Goodfellow. Despite this, Wyatt and Josephine remained close, and the letters showed that Wyatt had strong feelings for her. After the vendetta trip, which witnessed Wyatt and his brothers seeking revenge against those who killed their brother Morgan, the Earp Group traveled to Albuquerque, New Mexico for a two-week stay. While there, Wyatt stayed with businessman Henry N. Jaffa, who was also the president of the new Albuquerque Board of Trade. Josephine Earp's life after the Tombstone era and her relationship with Wyatt Earp is a subject of mystery. However, it is not obscured by the stories she weaves to hide the truth. 
according to a report from the San Francisco Call printed at the San Diego Confederacy on July 9, 1882. Virgil Earp was being treated for his broken arm in San Francisco, and Wyatt was scheduled to arrive there on that day. After Wyatt returned, Josephine began using the name Josephine Earp. Wyatt Earp is known not only as a gambler, but also as a sportsman. He had a stable of six horses in San Francisco, although it was later revealed that the stable was owned by someone else. At Santa Rosa, where Wyatt managed the stables, he personally entered and won the harness race. His victories in sporting events contributed to his reputation as a skilled athlete. On October 20, 1882, the Sacramento Daily Record reported that Virgil Earp had traveled from Tombstone to Colton to greet his brother Wyatt from the east. This shows that Wyatt has left California and is returning from a long absence. It is unclear where he went or what he did during the separation. Historical records provide limited insight into Josephine Earp's life after Tombstone and her relationship with Wyatt Earp. However, it is clear that Wyatt continued to pursue his gambling and sports career while Josephine adopted the name Josephine Earp after he returned to San Francisco. The details of their shared life during this period remain largely unknown. After the Dawson Gold Rush ended, Wyatt and his partner Charles E. Hoxie decided to move to Nome. They built the biggest pub in Nome, the Dexter Saloon. On the other hand, Josephine suffered from a serious gambling addiction, and her husband Wyatt had to cut ties with her and ask other gamblers to do the same. Despite the dangers of traveling by boat, she also gambled on boats to and from Alaska. On November 1899, the Earps arrived in Seattle, Washington, with plans to open a tavern and gambling room. Although gambling was illegal, the police were paid to turn a blind eye by the owners of the three biggest gambling concessions. But they failed to stop Wyatt Earp and arrange for his facility to be raided. Earps briefly returned to San Francisco in April 1900, but returned to Seattle before boarding the steamship SS Alliance on the 14th of June 1900, bound for Nome, Alaska. Josephine then returned to Los Angeles on December 13, 1901, and stayed at the Hollenbeck Hotel. They were estimated to have a fortune of about $80,000, which equates to about $2.61 million today. In February 1902, they arrived in Tonopah, Nevada, where silver and gold had been discovered in 1900 and the site of an outbreak. Wyatt opened the Northern Saloon in Tonopah and served as Deputy Marshal of the United States under Field Marshal J.F. Emmett. During their time in San Diego, Wyatt Earp indulged in horse racing with Otto Rex, the horse he won at a game. Otto Rex regularly won and Wyatt used the winnings to buy some precious jewels for Josephine. However, Josephine pawned her jewelry to satisfy her gambling addiction with millionaire Lucky Baldwin. Wyatt eventually bought back the jewelry from Baldwin, but Josephine's racing addiction continued to grow 
and her stakes escalated to the point where Wyatt had to step in and give her an ultimatum. I don't think you're a smart gambler, Wyatt told Josephine. You don't have to risk your money that way. From now on, I won't redeem any of your jewelry again. Wyatt also instructs Baldwin to stop lending money to Josephine, but she continues to gamble despite Wyatt's advice. Her gambling habit makes him extremely angry, especially when she loses a large amount of money. Wyatt Earp is known as a gambler, but also has a sharp business mind. He realized that Josephine's addiction to gambling was a financial responsibility and burden. Despite his efforts to dissuade, Josephine continued to gamble, eventually resulting in the loss of a substantial amount of money. Wyatt's frustration with her addiction is a clear sign of the challenges that stand in the way of their relationship. During Wyatt Earp's last years, he and his wife Josephine received an allowance from her family, money that Josephine gambled on. As a result, Wyatt was often hungry. Late in 1928, Wyatt became seriously ill, and according to Grace Welsh Splidora, Welsh's daughter, Josie did not do much of the housework or cook for him, and she was unskilled in these areas. Instead, Grace and her sisters, Alma and Alma's mother, took on the responsibility of taking care of Wyatt and bringing him food. Josephine's lack of attention and care during Wyatt's illness worried his family members, who felt the need to intervene and ensure that he received the care he needed. After Wyatt's death, on January 13, 1929, Grace Welsh and her sister-in-law Alma testified at his cremation. Josephine seemed too grieving to support or attend the funeral. However, Grace was unhappy when Josephine didn't show up. She commented, She didn't even come to his funeral. She wasn't that upset. She was very unusual. I don't think she would. So heartbreaking when he passed away far away. After Wyatt's death, Josephine asked friends and family to call her Josie rather than Sadie, the nickname Wyatt had given her. Josephine's absence from Wyatt's funeral fueled much speculation about their relationship. Some historians suggest that Josephine was not heartbroken after Wyatt's death as she had long been estranged from him. In fact, it is rumored that Josephine had met another man at the time of Wyatt's death further raising suspicions that their relationship had deteriorated. Wyatt Earp died in 1929, and his wife, Josephine Earp, cremated his remains and buried them secretly on the Marcus family estate at Eternal Hills Jewish Memorial Park in Colma, California. For many years, the location of Wyatt's final resting place remained a mystery until a headstone was discovered in 2014 in the cemetery. Josephine outlived Wyatt by 15 years and died in 1944 at the age of 83. She died in the same bungalow she and Wyatt shared in the West Adams District of Los Angeles, California. Josephine led a colorful life and was known as a gambler, which may have contributed to her financial difficulties in her later years. Her legacy is somewhat shrouded in controversy with some questioning her level of involvement in the events of her time. However, her story continues to appeal to many and her contributions to the history of the American West are undeniable. <laughs>